I'm going to recreate a phone call that I received yesterday. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. I like to play hard to get when it's a number I don't recognise, you see. Ring, ring. I always go for six rings. Ring, ring. Hello, CK speaking. Hey, CK, it's Laura. Sorry? Laura from the modelling agency. Oh, hey, Laura, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Um, how's how's lockdown been for you? Then we spoke about lockdown for about two minutes. So, CK, I have a potential job for you from two. You know, the, the fashion label, part of the Sainsbury's brand. They've seen some pictures and stuff, and they're interested in seeing you for a potential campaign. So then we spoke about that for a little while. Cool. Um, Laura, can I just ask, what, what's the fee on this? Then she told me the fee, which was interesting. So let's talk about that. <laughs> I know you're thinking right now, what the fuck is this guy talking about? A, you're not signed to a modelling agency. B, you're not signed to a modelling agency. And C, have you been at the medicine cabinet, CK? Well, I can understand why I'd think that and say that and... In your position, I'd be inclined to agree. <laughs> but yeah, I should probably speak about that. Because I don't think I have. Because since I started this podcast, there's not been any reason for me to talk about it. But we'll talk about that in a second. Before we begin, how are you? It's you and I again. You know, the last two weeks I've had a guest on the show. So there's been a, a, an adjustment, a change to the format. And I've 100% loved it. No guests this week. However, it's just you and I which I knew I would. Here's the thing, right? When I decided I was going to have occasional guests on the show, which I've had for the last two episodes, as I said to you way back in episode 21, I think it was, I wanted to do introduce guests because I know that my character is such whereby I do not like, I don't like locking myself into anything. So if it's going to be just you and I every single week, I know that that would start to irritate me after a while. So I'd like to mix it up with the guests. And I also knew that if I had a couple of guests on, I'd want to return to this when it's just you or I. That's just my character. And, you know, it's, it's just always been the way it is. And I, I knew it. I knew that if I had two weeks of guests, I'd kind of miss this format. And it's not necessarily that I've missed it, but I am now returning to this format fresh and ready for you and I to hang out for a bit. So I, I anticipate that had happened, and that is what has happened, and I approached this episode with glee. So what did you think of the last two episodes? In fact, we'll talk about the last two episodes, guests, in a bit. Um, I have not got a great deal to share with you, to be fair, because I've mostly just been... <laughs> I've mostly just been fanboying over over Joe Rogan. I've discovered the Joe Rogan podcast over the last like two or three, four weeks, and I've just been gouging out on it. And and interestingly, he is a huge he was a huge influence over my decision to have guests on on a weekly basis. Cause I don't know, he's just if you don't know what the Joe Rogan podcast is, I have sympathy with that because I didn't. I, I was aware of it because everybody talks about it all the time, but I'd never really listened. And I watched one, I watched two, I watched a couple. And yeah, I was, I was like fully on board. I like the guy. He seems to have a remarkable breadth of knowledge. 
his podcasts are probably going to be too long for some people because they're three hours. But if you pick a good one, that time flies, really does. Um, so yeah, I've been watching a lot of that stuff, and mainly, I've been increasingly terrified about the return to normality. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's something wrong with me. Because since it was announced that lockdown measures were going to be eased as of weekend just gone, I've been like, ah, I've enjoyed not seeing humans. <laughs> I know that seems weird for me to say, given a lot of my content, a lot of my short films, documentaries involve me interacting with, with humans. And I, and I love them. That is, I do love that. But as I've said to you on many, many, many occasions, my default state of utopia is me and me alone. <laughs> so the fact I've been given governmental permission to self-flagellate on my own has been a pleasure. I don't know why I just said self-flagellate. I heard that word. The first time I heard the word self-flagellate, actually, it was during an episode of The Bill. I've ever told you I loved The Bill. Yeah, and one of the coppers said self flagellate and I was like, what the hell does that mean? I think it was about, I don't know, th 12 years ago. And yeah, Google it because I like words. So if you want to Google it, feel free. So yes, lockdown has enabled me to do that. And yes, you know, as as we return to normality, I'm, I don't know why I am really. But I guess what I'm saying is, as I said to Laura when she rung me and asked me how lockdown was, I've been. she was actually stunned. I said, you know what, Laura, in the interest of full disclosure, I've been in my element. I've loved it. It's given me an opportunity to reflect, to regroup, and I've just loved it. And she was like, oh, I fucking hated it. <laughs> but I get that a lot, and I'm used to it, so fair enough. But how have your two weeks been? How do you feel about returning back to normality and the easing of re of, re of the restrictions? Are you happy to be back or are you being dragged kicking and screaming? I'm genuinely curious because I've been all right with this time. And I think it's because I was acutely aware that in our lifetime, we will never have it again. So rather than, rather than complaining about it and, whinging about it it's well let's just make the most of it because we are literally never going to have this opportunity to just be with our thoughts again and you know assuming that there isn't a second peak anyway just some musings i am back so let's talk about a phone call that i received from laura and in fact let's begin with who the hell laura is now the story behind laura is very funny and I want to share it with you now. Last year, I started a couple of days a week working from a co-working space in central Sheffield. And one of the days I went in, in fact, I think it was probably the first day, the first day I went in, I was walking past this table and it had two women on it. And I didn't, I didn't know anyone that worked there at the time because it was one of my first times in. And I walked past these two women and their heads just turned. It was almost... It was almost comedic in the way their heads turned and just kind of followed me as I walked past them. And, and I'm not going to lie to you, guys. I'm a man. I have a penis. I have an ego. And I thought, I'm in. 
I'm not proud of it, but you know when people say men are ruled by their dicks, I'm afraid it's not untrue. So anyway, I'm thinking, it was so blatant as well. There was zero attempt to hide it. It was odd. So I walked past anyway, heads turned, and I thought, that's really weird. That almost never happens. Fuck the almost, it just never happens. So I thought, okay, this is interesting. So anyway, I walked past, and and I, I say hello to everybody I've never met before. So I said it to them. They were super friendly and all this business. Anyway, long story short, it turns out that 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 she owns a independent modeling agency, right? But they're quite unique because it's a modeling agency that casts people with visible differences. So they have a lot of, I'm trying to think of some of the people on their books. They have people that have visible differences, whether it's scars or whether it's um, people that, are, this isn't intended to sound funny, by the way, but whether it's people that are missing a limb. So, you know, obviously as it should be, by the way, in the interests of diversity, there's a lot more disabled models being used in TV, radio, print, billboards, etc. So there's been the development of a couple of agencies that specialise in those, in casting those kind of models. So obviously with me and my beautiful blondness, <laughs> so, and it was, so she said, so they told me about modelling agency, and I was like, oh, right, so that's why I had to turn. Um, an oddity just walked into the room. Cheers. Um, and so, yeah, they, they kind of told me what it is. And I, thought, I didn't really think anything more of it. Then fast forward a few months where we, we, we all became friends at this point. It's like, CK, we'd really like to put you on our books. Can I just take like a photo of you on my phone? Because sometimes I'll just like, do it. I'll have to do it sometimes because I don't have any professional headshots. I'm like, if you want, do what you want. I think I was at that point when I was just like open to anything. I, was, I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah, do what you want. Took the photos added it to her database and she just started pitching me to clients and stuff. And in, I would say in the last, it's probably about 12 months now, in the last 12 months, uh, there's probably been like two jobs that I've like seriously been put forward to. Then they're just sometimes just generic castings that go to everyone on the books, but there's been two that said CK'd be great for this. Um, Nothing is yet materialized, but yesterday I got the phone call saying CK to the fashion brand from Sainsbury's. Um, I've seen some of your photos and they'd be interested. So I'll tell you all of this for no reason other than I have nothing else to talk about. Obviously, you know, we are still at the tail end of lockdown and I've been doing very little <laughs> for the last three months. So that was yesterday. And as I said, let's talk about fees. So my perception of modelling has probably always been the same as everybody else's. Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Kate Moss, so on and so forth. So I'm thinking, okay, well, so this is Sainsbury's. So um, what's the fee for this, Laura? And she went, oh, yeah, so it would be £1,000 um, minus our agency fee, which is 30%. So that'd be £700 for CK. And uh, it's in London, so I'll, I'll, I'll try and facilitate... I'll try and facilitate um, travel and accommodation. I'm sure that'll be fine as well because it'll probably be overnight because it'll, it'll be a full day. And I was like, Laura, have you looked at my face lately? This isn't a £700 face. £700 an hour, maybe I'll talk about it, but £700 a day, come on, let, come on. You remember when I walked in that room? You remember how I gave you whiplash? <laughs> Come on, let's be sensible. Are you being serious? 
Okay, that bit didn't happen. That bit about me saying I got a £700 an hour face, that's just me adding garnish to the story just for comedy value, but I'm desperately wishing I did now because I... <laughs> I gave you whiplash. I might just use that in passing, actually, because that's quite funny. I'm quite proud of that one. I might just use whiplash in, pas in passing next time I see someone. Um, I just gave you whiplash, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you a neck rub. Come here. Um, no, that didn't. That, that bit didn't happen. But yeah, it was seven hundred pounds. I said, "All right, okay, well, fair enough." Um, as far as this whole modelling thing is concerned, I've just been very laissez-faire about it. Like, whatever. Like, if if I don't have to travel very far, I don't have to do very much. But I can't see me being very good at it. I've never liked having my photo taken. I I'm okay taking my own, like all the CK branding stuff on on you know all the images on social media. I do all that myself, obviously. But I've never been in any way satisfied interested comfortable having other humans taking my photograph so i just can't see it working out well for anyone so why am i telling you how much it would be well you know why i'm telling you how much the fee was not in any way out of conceit or but i mean i don't really think 700 pounds that much but i do it by the way in case anyone from the agency is listening to this this isn't like me this isn't a bitch fest because i know that if you're a nobody model, which is what I would be, the fees are what I just said. That's pretty standard, to be fair. You know, if you do three of them, if you do three, it's one of them things. If you do three of them in a month, then it's better than, it's better than working in KFC, which is my first job, I suppose. And you'll do that alongside the other stuff you do. So in theory, 700 pounds times three would make sense. Um, I don't know. I'm 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 a curious guy, and I always I always like to produce this podcast from a listener's perspective. And I'm the kind of guy if I was listening to someone that has got no experience in modelling, telling me a story about how he's on the fringes of an agency's books because <laughs> I'm very much on the fringes. Like I'm not their cash cow. Jesus Christ, I'm potentially their field mouse who frankly rather squish but i would be curious if i was listening to that guy telling me that he's got a potential to be cast i'd be thinking what does a what does a field mouse model even get i'd be fascinated so that's why i'm telling you there's no reason that i can't it's not i'm not obliged not to so i will and if i get that 700 pounds then what could i even do with 700 pounds like just randomly out of the blue for just standing around looking like me. I might have a look on Google actually. Should it <laughs> hang on. What things let me if let's do this together. Let's type into Google things to buy for seven hundred pounds. Hang on a minute. Let me just open up my Google. Um one second. Thing thing things you can buy with 700 pounds let's type this into google and see what good is we have um what should i buy for 700 pounds cora see if you've put this into google you'll you'll be able to go through this with me um cool no i don't this is no that's there's a lot of bollocks on that set Second one, the second 
search result reddit reddit is always going to be funny this is 700 dollars, but it's the same thing let's see what reddit has to offer so someone has asked a question on reddit what would you buy with 700 dollars? let's see what we've got down here nothing i'd save it boring um same same here 700 pounds ain't shit to me so I just throw it in my savings account. <laughs> I should have said that to Laura. <laughs> Laura, how much, what's the fee? Um, £1,000 minus our, our agency fee. So that's 700 Laura. With all due respect, that ain't shit to me. <laughs> Combined with whiplash, I think I'd be ejected from the books. Um, what else have we got here? Invest in something or donate to charity. I'm a boring person who doesn't really need much at the moment. Oh, that's cute. Bullshit, but cute. Uh, a new desk and chair. A new desk and... Okay. Fix my car. Um, do you mean a single $700 purchase? Or if I had an extra £700 to spare? What the fuck? All right. We've got psychologists on Reddit. I would fix my car. I just built a new computer last week. So Lego, I guess. Eh? Invest it. <laughs> You're, someone's... <laughs> someone's put to the question what would you spend $700 on this is gross your daughter your daughter's virginity twice okay we'll leave it there shall we so what would you spend £700 on um we'll definitely leave it there I think that's interesting so yeah I'll keep you I'll keep you updated that phone call was yesterday which would have been what Wednesday the 1st of July so yeah, I, you know, well, I was just going to say, but I've had to catch myself. If you've, been, if you've listened to previous episodes when I talk about the power of the mind and how we self-talk all kinds of bullshit, and I'm trying to get away from that, I was just within a fraction of saying, I'm not holding my breath, but I think that's one of those things that humans say that they should stop saying. I genuinely do. Um, So I, you know what? It'd just be, it'd just be an interesting, fun experience. If at the very, it'd just be, it'd just be interesting just to see how uncomfortable I could be, but I will keep you abreast of that. So let's talk about the last two episodes when I've had a guest on because episode 22, I think it was episode 22, wasn't it? Was episode 22, the episode with Ellie? Yes. So episode 22, I interviewed Ellie Flynn, BBC Three's undercover journalist and... It was I, I I love talking to I love talking to Ellie because she was she was just a great guest because she was articulate she was engaging she kind of spoke about all kinds or despite the fact she's probably spoken or answered those questions many times before but in the interest of full disclosure guys I was a little bit underwhelmed by my performance in that interview and it's a bit odd the thing that bugged me about my performance in that interview probably you wouldn't have even necessarily been mindful of. But I don't think I asked her enough questions that the masses would want to know. Like, do you get nervous going undercover? Like, do you ever get scared that people see you walking around London, but you've actually featured them in one of your stings or that kind of shit. But the only honest answer why I didn't ask that those questions is because I kind of, and this is a weird thing to say, but I always try to be honest because I know what the answer is. Like, obviously she's, she's, on a significantly higher profile platform than I, but I think the mechanics of what we do 
or similar. And I know that there's just, um, I don't know, there's just this internal draw to tell those kind of stories and that they're very addictive and engaging and like when you're there to do a job you're not really thinking about all the stuff about getting nervous you know you, you are certainly nervous but it's not going to hold you back it's not going to stop you doing a story because you're scared of x y and z because you're more you're more compelled by the outcome so you don't even think about any of that kind of shit and so it's it's like when people say to me before, like you know, when you when you were making sixty one hugs, we we were scared of people saying no. Like I get that question all the time, and I don't I don't resent getting that question because I think the person asking me doesn't necessarily know the answer. They might not be aware that I've been asked it fifty times. I'm one hundred percent fine with that. Um, but what I'm saying is, when I'm in the position when I'm able to interview someone where I kind of technically know what the answer is going to be, I don't really want to put them through that shit. But the trouble with that is that people listening might want to know the answer so it's a real difficulty and I've always had to straddle that balance because as a presenter myself I'm not in any rush to ask other presenters questions that I know they've been asked a million times and with regret that is to the detriment of the ultimate interview but I like to take it in other places and listening to Ellie's there are some obvious questions which I potentially looking back on would have liked to ask her but I I addressed that in my second interview when I spoke to Alicia, who is the cam girl that works in the adult sex industry and performs online web sessions for paying punters who want to see her breasts and want to see her bits and want her to touch herself. And that was episode 23. So if you want to watch that, go back and check it out. Episode 23, me, Alicia, speaking for an hour about the highs and lows of being a cam girl who earns a, a, a very significant amount of cash and I was infinitely happy with that because I kind of realized why I was annoyed with my Ellie interview and I addressed it in that one and I asked her some questions which I think I would want to know if I was even though I might have known the answer like when I asked her how does it feel when you live in a small village and you're getting looks from parents who think what you're doing is distasteful like I knew she was going to say I have to live my life. I don't care, but I asked the question anyway. Um, this sounds really navel gazing and a little bit self-indulgent, but that isn't my intention. I just like to pad this podcast. Cause I've got nothing else. To <laughs> no, it's not that I like to pad. It's just that, I don't know. I like to take you behind the curtains of my thoughts. Sometimes I don't like to just spit stuff out into the world without you knowing the shit and the the shit that I'm going through as I release it and I, you know I, I like to be I like people to be aware that I'm critical and I don't think that I have all the answers if I did my interview with Ellie again would I ask her some more obvious questions 100% would I ask her all the obvious questions absolutely not all I'm saying is I think I could have maybe thrown in a couple but hopefully I'll chat with Ellie again another time um Alicia's interview very happy with that one but moving forward there'll be other guests I think next week I'm going to have a guest should I reveal who that guest is now I think I will actually because I want you to go and do your homework because I personally find listening to people that I have some cursory knowledge of makes it a more fulfilling experience so Next week's guest, and this is thanks to one of my most regular listeners who put me on to this person and introduced me to her online. He's, his mind's going to be blown by me saying this now because he doesn't know. But yes, Magic Man London, thanks to your 
Thanks to your recommendation that I watch videos by the one and only Kate Ovens. Competitive eater extraordinaire. She will be my guest next week. Listen, guys, if you're now thinking, who the hell is Kate Ovens, please, then just put her name into YouTube and just fill your boots. Like, yeah, she'll be my guest next week because... The more I watched her videos, the more I researched her and the more interviews I read and watched with her. She's been interviewed by the Daily Mail, The Sun, like all the big platforms. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just like her ambition. I like how she creates it. I like how she, I like the fact that she technically started making videos when all her university mates thought that she was absolute ridiculous wasting her time. But now here she is getting paid to eat food getting flown around the world and I just like that I like that that choosing your own path I always like people that choose their own path at, to the detriment of people thinking you're a nutcase she's only like 26 as well I like it so yeah type that into YouTube competitive eater ramming obscene amounts of food down her neck in a very short space of time and she'll be my guest next week. But speaking of guests, actually, I've, I, there's something that I've been thinking about regarding my interview with Alicia last week, episode 23. Please go and listen to it. I've been thinking a few things. And the main one is, would I be okay be encouraging, be supportive of a fictitious daughter of mine deciding that was her choice to be a cam girl. Again, to reiterate, a cam girl, if you know or don't, should I say, making money by performing adult sessions via webcam. And... Would I be supportive, encouraging of my daughter if she said that, um, Dad? I'm, I'm, this is this is this is what I do at the moment to get me through uni, or for whatever reason she decided to be cam girl. And I can answer that question on would I be okay with it in two in two parts. Part one, I'd be more horrified by the fact that I've got a daughter. I'd be like who the hell are you like? This isn't what I had planned for my life. <laughs> um, we've also touched on this before, haven't we? My, um, I don't know if it's weird. I know it's niche. I know it's niche for a human to have no real maternal instincts. You see, one, I, I, I've not spoken about my brother in a while, so I'm going to talk about him now, actually. One of the things I admire, I don't know if admire is the right word, but um, despite our similarities, I suppose the main difference is that he's in a loving relationship <laughs> with another human because he's not that obsessed with himself. And he has two little people. And I'll never forget the first time I looked after my nephew on, well, I say on my own, at the time I was seeing someone, so we both looked after him for the day. And I just remember thinking, hang on a minute. I think, I think I'd had him for about two hours. I remember thinking to myself, hang on a minute. Kel, that's my brother's called Kel. Kel, you do this every day. This is insanity. Like, what? Does someone pay you to do this? 
<laughs> I was I was exhausted because all all my nephew Connor wanted to do was play with his toys and be a kid. I think at the time it must have been about how old would Connor have been now? Um, somewhere between one and two, I think. I think that might be totally wrong. I'm really shit with this kind of stuff. But let's just assume he was two. He just wanted to play and do stuff, and. It was exhausting. Now, I can't decide whether I'm just unfit or unfit to be a parent. I can't, I can't decide. But I remember it as though it was yesterday, but it wasn't. It was about 12 years ago. And I just remember thinking, whoa, this isn't for me, this. I love you, Connor, you cute little shit. But, whoo. Anyway, I digress. So, yeah, having having a daughter saying that, I'm deciding. I'm I'm deciding that I'm I'm going to become a cam girl. I'd be like, who are you? I don't. Why, why are you telling me? <laughs> but let's just assume in a parallel universe, I'm a dad, and she says that. I don't know. I the part of me that's trying to be more analytical and and. The part of me that's trying to question my own thoughts and prejudices and trying to be less judgmental is now trying to just reflect on everything and think, well, technically, what is the main issue that people have with, I mean, you know, sex work covers many, many different areas, but let's just talk about a cam girl, a girl that's in her house with a webcam and at the request or behest of paying people that she's never going to meet are asking her to a maybe show me your breasts or b do a striptease or c suck your thumb whatever i don't know but they're asking her to do these things in exchange for handsome fees i don't i don't struggle to reconcile with that really I don't know if I should, as a dad, as a fictional dad, by the way, I don't know if I should struggle to reconcile it, but I just don't. Um, the argument that's often proffered is, you, you, you should, I don't know what, I don't, to be fair, I don't know what arguments are normally proffered, but you shouldn't be showing your bits to strangers. Well, you're technically showing your bits to, everyone's a stranger until they're not a stranger. Like, I don't know if you're against one night stands or if you are, or you aren't, but that's a stranger that you that see. Everybody sees the bits at one point. Might as well give me cash for it. So this is me debunking the most common arguments. I'm not necessarily saying I agree with them, but that one I just proffered to you. I can see, I can see the merit in that argument. Like, what's the problem? Everybody's going to see our bits at some point. This dude or oh, isn't touching me. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, what about, would I have a problem with a girlfriend being a cam girl? I can't, that seems even, that seems even less ambiguous to me. I absolutely wouldn't be bothered. Wouldn't be bothered in the least. There's no ambiguity over that one for me. Yeah, cool. If you're fun, you're intelligent, you're bright and you make a good cheesecake. They're all the metrics for my ex, by the way, basically. That's why she was awesome. But yeah, do yeah, I'm all right with that. You know, as long as it's only my penis you're touching, then that's fine. Um, but the daughter situation, what do you think? Would you be interested? So the male listeners, would you be okay with a girl from Mini Cam Girl? And what about your daughter? And the female listeners, would you be okay with your dude um, flowing his willy on, 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 online? And what about your 
What about if your daughter came and said, I want to be a cam girl mom? Like, where do you sit on both of those two conceivable situations? There's one main thing that swayed my opinion and makes me think I'll be okay with it as well, by the way. And I've watched enough interviews with porn stars to know that porn stars are just people too. Like, seriously, society, humans, stop being so fucking judgy. Porn lives matter. <laughs> seriously, right? I've, I have watched enough interviews with porn stars. I probably think, well, why are you watching? Why the hell are you watching like, interviews with porn stars? Well, there's a very good reason for that. And if you'll shut up, I'll tell you, right? I've mentioned in a previous episode of this podcast that this entire show is inspired by US comedian Kate Quigley, right? She's, I can't remember what episode it was, but I mentioned before that she inspired this podcast. I'm just trying to get my MacBook on charge, right? And one of Kate's friends is someone called Holly Randall. And Holly Randall works in the porn industry as a producer and director. So she films a lot of porn and produces a lot of porn. And she was Kate's guest on the show once. And that's how I discovered Holly Randall. And like uh, she mentioned that she had this podcast. I jumped over and I listened and they're pretty good podcasts. It's a pretty good podcast. It's interesting actually. But my point is this, some of the porn stars that Holly interviews on her podcast before I say what I'm going to say next, I need to precurse it by saying there's no reason that I should have thought any different, by the way. And I'm not necessarily saying that I did think any different, but it certainly made me question my preconceptions a lot more. So a lot of the guests that she speaks to, a lot of the porn stars that she has on her show, and I've only listened to the women, by the way, they are almost unanimously very bright, very intelligent, very switched on, and on the surface seem to be into like humanity and decency and they, I don't know it's just weird like you'll just listen to them and like yeah that makes yeah I, I totally agree with that like you like there's more to you than sex and some of them love sex which obviously is why they're doing what they're doing but there's just so much more to them and one classic case in point and I've picked this one out just to give you some clips this is an interview where Holly interviewed someone called Charlotte Stokely, who, by the way, I'd never heard of before. So Charlotte Stokely, I think she's probably about 24, 25, porn star, and she's just ridiculously bright. Here's when she's talking, for example, about diet. And this is like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, she knows way too much. You know, and it's, it's, it's just like, fiber is so important, and... Fiber really just will keep you alive more than anything else will. And, and then it's, it's like salt. It's like fake salt. Yeah. Everything has fake salt. And the thing that pisses me off is that salt, the fake salt causes high blood pressure, but real salt, true salt, full of minerals, actually lowers blood pressure. Interesting. So there's this whole, like, confusion going on. And then people say, you know, if you have high cholesterol, that's bad. Well, that's not true. And then you start taking statins to lower your cholesterol, which causes all sorts of problems in your body. But cholesterol is a hormone, mm -hmm. not a fat. Mm -hmm. And when you, when your veins and arteries are constant, like a rubber band, stretching and flexing, and they start to tear, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And get little holes where you're losing that elasticity because you're deficient on vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C is the precursor to all the collagen and bendy, flexible things in our body. Mm-hmm. So we start getting holes in our veins, and the cholesterol is used like uh, mortar to fill those holes. Mm-hmm. No pun intended, anyway. It's literally a band aid. Cholesterol is a band aid for you to live. Um, and then when you start taking lots amounts of vitamin C, your arteries will heal, the holes will close up, and then the cholesterol will flush out your body. Like cholesterol is your friend. Interesting. If you have high cholesterol, it's likely because you're deficient in vitamin C. And we're the only animals on the whole planet that don't manufacture their own. Dogs make vitamin C. Birds make vitamin C. Polar bears make vitamin C. We don't make it. She's literally said nothing there that I previously knew. (laughs) I don't know if there's stuff in there that I should have known, but there's nothing in there that I did know. And I love that. And again, there's no reason why I should have expected anything different. Like, what the fuck would I expect? Like, her to just come on and talk about how she's always horny, now she masturbates. Well, guess what? She talks about that in the interview too. (laughs) But my point is, that accounted for... How long was this interview? This interview was an hour, 58 minutes, right? It's 58 minutes long. And she says she's always horny and, and touches herself for about 60 seconds. And... There's other bits when she's talking about her fondness for penises, but mainly it's stuff like that. Let me give you another bit when she's talking about, and this is this was right up my street, when she's talking about fear. Observe. What scares you? Fear. Fear scares you? Fear scares me. Interesting. Um, the older I get, the more I realize uh, when JFK said, you have nothing to fear but fear itself... Mm-hmm. Those are some of the most powerful words ever. It, and it kind of goes back to when we first started this conversation. If you're constantly afraid of something, whether it's happening or not, it's happening in your head mm-hmm. and you're creating these problems. Mm-hmm. Like I always get afraid that before an award show or something that I'm going to faint. It's a constant fear. I'm always afraid that I'm going to get overwhelmed and I'm going to faint in front of everybody. Wow. Um, so then I start getting like sweaty yeah, and then I can't breathe. Yeah. And then I feel like, oops, I keep kicking it. And then I I keep feeling like dizzy and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to faint. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, if I didn't put that thought in my head, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't happen at all. So really the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. Seriously. Now, before I forget, if you want to listen to this full 58 minute interview, I strongly recommend it because it's, it's, I don't know, she's just an interesting person to spend time with. She's called Charlotte Stokely, S-T-O-K-E-L-Y, Charlotte Stokely. And put in Holly Randall Unfiltered, which is the name of the podcast. Holly Randall Unfiltered, Charlotte Stokely on YouTube. Watch the full interview because, again, she's just an interesting person to spend time with. There's bits in there when she's talking about mindset and how she she's cut out all negative people out of her life. How she's made a commitment to just spend as much of her life being happy and content and satisfied with what she has as humanly possible all the kind of shit that i'm trying to be more mindful of with my ascending years so again it's just an interesting interview and this brings me back to my original point if my daughter decided that she wanted to work in the sex industry well i mean you know what does that mean that she's a trollop did I just say trollop in 2020? I did. Trollop. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't even think my dad says trollop anymore. 
I'm not alright with that. I'm not okay with saying trollop. And... <sighs> Shame on me. But... Excuse me. Yeah, so... To conclude... Girlfriend wor working in, in, in cam. Yes, I'll be fine. Daughter... Um, it'd probably be a bit of a, oh, 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 um, mm, how much do you earn again? Six grand a week. Okay, how much of that can I have? Yes, dear, it's fine. I think I'd be all right with it, is basically what I'm saying. And I'm keen to know what your thoughts are. Would it be my preference? I don't know if it's necessarily prudent or ideal to have any preferences for one's offspring other than health and vitality and not being a prick. I think they're the only real three things you can hope for from a child. But I'm open to discussion on this. But until next week, that is that. Yeah.